Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Our, amen. Our text for today's message is taken from the Gospel of Luke, the second chapter, with an emphasis on these words. Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign that is opposed, and a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that the thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. This is our text, dear brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen. Martin Luther King Jr. famously wrote in his autobiography that nothing worthwhile was ever achieved without sacrifice. Given that just two days ago now, many of us gathered in this very place to celebrate the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ, perhaps it feels a little jarring to come to this text from Luke chapter 2 and read that before Mary could rejoin Jewish, Jewish ceremonial worship, she first had to present her newborn son at the temple and provide a sacrifice in order to be called ritually clean once more. Certainly, this notion would throw up all kinds of red flags to our modern sensibilities. Never mind that childbirth is certainly a natural and wonderful thing. Surely the very Son of the Most High God and His Virgin Mother needed no sacrifice in order to be called clean or presentable. Friends, we hear this text, and indeed many like it, which deal with ritual sacrifice, and we of the 21st century are scandalized by the apparent barbarism of the Jewish tradition at the time. Referring to certain peoples as unclean? Spilling the blood of innocent animals? Bringing about death in order to have some high and mighty priest declare you clean? All of this seems like a far cry from the peace on earth and the silent night that we observed just a few short days ago. And yet, mere days after his birth, it is precisely in the middle of all this that we find our Lord Jesus. We see him enter to the temple, faithfully observing the law along with his parents in Jerusalem. The truth of this reading is that it is bloody and it is uncomfortable. It is scandalizing and humiliating and lowly. And friends, I tell you, that is precisely the point. When Moses wrote to the ancient Israelites in Leviticus chapter 12 regarding the ceremony of purification, which we see here in Luke chapter 2, there was nothing comfortable about what he wrote. I invite you to hear what he had to say. If a woman conceives and bears a male child, then she shall be unclean seven days. When the 33 days of her purifying are completed, she shall bring to the priest at the entrance of the tent of meeting a lamb a year old for a burnt offering, and a pigeon or a turtle dove for a sin offering. And if she cannot afford a lamb, then she shall take two turtle doves or two pigeons, one for a burnt offering and the other for a sin offering. And the priest shall make atonement for her, and she shall be clean. You heard it, friends. Before you can be clean, you must be declared clean. And in order for you to be declared clean, blood must be spilled on your behalf. This is what the scriptures say. 
This is what the newborn Christ was carried into the temple that day 2,000 years ago to do. By completing this ritual sacrifice of two turtle doves and young pigeons, Jesus was making himself to be under the law of God, wholly subservient despite he himself being the very word by which that law was ordered upon God's people, Israel. Jesus and his family participate in the ceremonial law because in order for his people to at last be called clean, the law must be fulfilled and a sacrifice must be made. As Dr. King so wisely asserted, nothing worthwhile was ever achieved without sacrifice. This may sound harsh to us, but it is the reality of all of us who are born under sin. Think back two days ago to the Christmas morning celebration when many of us exchanged gifts with our loved ones. The joy, the excitement, the delight of seeing those gifts enjoyed by all of our family and friends, even if we were opening them over Zoom. Yet, you must acknowledge, even these happy Christmas memories were still bought with a price. For did you not work and save and plan and brave the elements going out shopping to purchase those gifts? Was not the resulting excitement and joy of opening those presents due to your sweat and blood and sacrifice? If we think about it, it's true. Every gift has a price tag, and every joy that we share comes at a personal expense, be it great or small. And I tell you today, on this first Sunday in Christmas, that this is exceptionally true of our salvation. For this reason, the Apostle Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 6 that we were bought with a price. Only, in, only the price for your freedom, your, your death, your sin, this was a far greater price than mere holiday savings or even a pair of turtle doves. St. Peter identifies the sacrifice which was necessary for your salvation in his first epistle. Here he writes, You were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. You see, the sacrifices of the ceremonial law, like the ones that we read about today in Luke chapter 2, were but mere shadows of a far greater sacrifice which Christ would achieve for us on Calvary's cross. These sacrifices all served to pave the way and kept God's people of old secure in the covenantal promise until at long last in Luke chapter 2, we saw their Messiah appear and begin to fulfill in totality what was first revealed only in part by the law. Because Christ entered the temple with his mother and father to do what was written in the law, we are now liberated from all of its ceremonial practices. For what could you or I ever offer up that would match the sacrifice paid in full by our Savior? Not only that, but Christ suffered and died on the cross, and so we are now liberated from the shackles of death, 
We are free to practice the law with joyful hearts, for we have received full atonement in the suffering and death of our Lord. For this reason, dear friends, we continue to offer up in this place a sacrifice of thanksgiving, not a futile sacrifice which is not profitable for salvation, but instead we join our voices to Simeon and Annas from our gospel reading, who declared with great joy the fulfillment of God's word and the redemption of his people. Their joyous refrains were not made in spite of the blood sacrifice taking place first at the temple and then at Calvary. No, their joy stemmed out of that sacrifice. It was the very appearing of the Messiah, the infant Christ Jesus, who would one day be bruised, beaten, and nailed to the cross, which filled their hearts with such joy and which put such songs of praise on their lips. Nothing worthwhile was ever achieved without sacrifice. Had Christ not come into the temple to fulfill the law for us, you and I, dear brothers and sisters, would still be slaves to sin. Had Christ not come to Jerusalem to offer himself up as a sacrifice on the cross, then you and I would still be prisoners in death. We would still be separated eternally from our God and cast out of his kingdom. Yet, this Christmas, our joy resounds and our hymns remain unbroken. For Christ the Lord has come, and by his mighty works, he has satisfied all the demands of God's law, which we ourselves were totally unable to do. Lo, Christ now enters into Jerusalem, into the temple, this holy day, not to render a new sacrifice for our sins, but he comes to our temple, bearing the gifts which were brought with the price of his blood. Rejoice, therefore, with Simeon and Anna, with Mary and Joseph, and all who have seen with their own eyes the wondrous things that God has made known at the sending of his only begotten Son. Hear his voice as it proclaims to you once again the forgiveness of your sins and the life given you in his name. Eat and drink his body and blood, which was once sacrificed for you on the cross, and is now risen and victorious so that people, his people, may know death no longer. See with your eyes the cross ever at the center of our worship, for it is the place where the perfect sacrifice was made for all peoples, the glorious icon which reveals the love of our God who sacrificed all things for our sake. Be merry still and rejoice, dear Christians, for this sacrifice remains good for you on this day. Christ has paid your ransom. He was brought low. He was made to be under the law so that you might be lifted up, no longer crushed by the weight of your guilt, but standing, standing tall on your solid rock, clean in the robe of his righteousness forever, for he has declared you clean. Thus, we today sing with all the church in heaven and on earth who continue to celebrate the coming of Christ the Lord. 
we sing in the words of Simeon. Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace, according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, that you are prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and for glory to your people Israel. In Jesus' name, amen. May the peace of God, which far surpasses all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in the same Christ Jesus, unto life everlasting. Amen.